Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Now, I need you all for a project. James Jeffries, a friend of Robert's, is sponsoring Dumpty Dum. He is very nearly as clever as Robert and actually slightly more creative. He builds prototypes for the web and does some amazing things for data, for arts and culture. In fact, I may ask him to work on the village website if I can loosen Jennifer's grip on the thing. He's worked with all the best people, you know. The BBC Research and Development team, creating interactive story explorers for Homefront and Peaky Blinders. For the London Philharmonic Orchestra, creating a prototype of a searchable archive of their historic performances. Once, he even built some tweeting receipt printers for a Bill Drummond exhibition. Now that's the kind of innovation we need for the village show. So if you'd like to talk to him about your project idea, you could get in touch with him at Robert, Robert, what's his email address? James at shedcode.co.uk. That's James at shedcode.co.uk. Or you could have a browse of his website, shedcode.co.uk. Do tell him I was looking for him if you see him, won't you? I want him to design me a digital resurgence stone. <laughs> My name is Helen Bowden and I'm the director of BBC Radio and today is the last day at the BBC for me after 34 years and I want to share a tune with you that's been important to me since I was about four. This is Dumbie Dum, the show about reality docudrama that is centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the spirited evening of nationalism, that is Royfield Brown, and with me I have the last kilt in the pawn shop, that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of our Burns tonight, folks, is you. Now, this week's Dumbie Dum comes from Helen Bowden, director <laughs> of BBC Radio. Can what? I just say, Derek Fletcher got this for us. Mm. And for those that don't know, Helen Bowden, she's basically the queen. If you're in radio, it would be like having 
no. If you, if you're, yes, if she's the queen. She's the queen of radio, and she sang us a Dumpty Dum. That's amazing. Um, because she's slinging in a towel, isn't she? Yes, I think she's just thrown caution to the winds and come over to the side of the lunatics. So she's now. <laughs> you know what? Now, um... You know, what, Luce. We should actually get get her on the show uh, to talk I about don't... all things radio for it and, and the yeah. archers. She's got time on her hands now. She has. She would just be sitting there twiddling her thumbs. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we salute you, uh, Miss Bowden, for your uh, wondrous dum-de-dum. But you've been busy this week, haven't you, Juicy Loose? I have. I've been networking like a little networker, I have. (laughs) I met... Like Lily uh, Pargeter. Yes, but with some sense of tact and Mm. decency. Um. I uh, went to see Sonny Ormond with my mum on Saturday night. Um, and she does a one-woman show, which mm-hmm. is sort of half Lillian and half a lot of a lot of chat and funniness. And she reads poetry and she does all kinds of things. And she's wonderful. Where was uh, that? A very funny evening. It was in Market Harborough. Ooh, okay. All the glamour. Um, and there were two very nice Dumpty Dum people there. Hello, Dumpty Dum people. I asked the lady what her name was and she told me that she was on twitter and she's english wine but i looked her up and there's about a billion english wines and i'm not sure which one she is so make yourself known nice lady and that was all very lovely and uh, can uh, you like yes. pay me the compliment please can you tell this oh one? yes sorry and Bloody nice Nora. lady's husband sorry nice i have already said this to you once nice lady's husband said mm. that he didn't realize he was interested in american politics until you started talking about 10 american presidents and now he listens to it and he loves it and he listens to Dumpty Dum and 10 American presidents when he's taking his dogs for a walk and he said that their legs are getting shorter and shorter because <laughs> the podcasts are getting longer and longer. Awesome. Now, Juicy Loose, if somebody would like mm. to send in a Dumpty Dum, do you actually have to be a director of the BBC to do that or can you just be a random you could just be you could just be a normal person. Oh. Um, if you'd like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, leave us a plot prediction or flush out a joint. Ring us on 02030313105 or leave us a message on Speakpipe. Um, thank you to Cosmo for his uh, podcast roundups. Um, Shed Code for sponsoring us. And Auntie Margie for the cup of tea, who's just bought it in. Thank Yay. you. <laughs> Are you in Market Arbor? No. Oh, okay. uh, Auntie Margie, Auntie Margie is, is in London. Um, and to Derek for loading the back bedroom. Uh, there has been a bit of wintry weather in Ambridge this week, and Derek has been shoveling snow for Auntie Cardboard. She said it had given him rosy cheeks. Put his trousers back on. On this week's episode, we have calls from Witherspoon, who makes a Rob call. Andrew Horn, who thinks Justin's just in it for the money. Robert Wilson, Lucy's favourite, who's pissed <laughs> yet again. <laughs> probably on whiskey and from new york we have new york niger who's suffering from plot whiplash but first oh it's all blokes it is isn't it well we've had some some emails from 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 the ladies so oh that's right. okay that's good then all right but first before the calls from the blokes and the emails from the ladies it's lucy freeman's week in ambridge <laughs> We began the week with Miranda in her bath. While she sloughed off her epidermis with her Dermalogica apricot, Weetabix and Swarfiga facial scrub, Justin (laughs) got on the blower to Fagash, insisting that we had seen the last of Stefan without in any way explaining how or why. Mm. I know as radio listeners we are supposed to fill in the gaps ourselves, but this is getting ridiculous. 
Shula, Lillian and Anisha went out coconutting, as I shall now call it, for reasons <laughs> we've last week's stuff. You know? And then Delia, who was taking a break away from working on her new cookery book, How to Peel a Banana, went over a fence, but the horse didn't. Anisha leapt to the rescue, shouting at Shula to get out of the light. I can't see the horse because he's obscured by your massive bottom, Shula. Everyone ignored <laughs> Delia, who hauled herself home with her arm hanging off, shouting, no, no, honestly, I'm fine. While they all fussed about the horse, who was sniggering quietly as he got to go home early and eat toast by the fire while the other horses had Lillian and Shula lumbering around on top of them. Uh, Susan is worried about disappointing her public by not looking perfectly groomed at all times. She has a full colonic irrigation before brekkie every morning while she's doing her eyeliner. It won't be long before Neil loses his patience with Susan's needy fishing for compliments. No, mm. you don't look like Audrey Hepburn or Raquel Welch or any of them. You look like Ian McCaskill in a wig and where's my tea? <laughs> um, they make a big thing out of Burns Night at the ball, said Alistair. Yes, whichever drug-crazed loon they've got wielding the skillet this time burns even more of the menu than usual. Jazza and Anisha turned up at the bull dressed as the Crankies, and Anisha drank him under the table by the simple expedient of cheating wildly. Rex went wandering around the village on Bobber Job Week. He has offered his services to David in the Brookfield Lambing Shed, rubbing down fat pull blockers piles with some heavy gauge sandpaper. Uh, as a rent by the hour, gigolo at the laurels, teeth optional. And finally, Bert got him a job trimming Anisha's bush. Um, <laughs> oh, God, Lucy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it feels like we're a real couple, doesn't it, Toby? said Pip. Toby didn't answer. They were snuggled up in bed together, eating flapjacks, with Pip daydreaming happily while Toby texted his gang connections in Brighton and siphoned all Pip's money into his savings account. Arsula came back. Blimey, we get rid of one titchy knob and immediately acquire another. Pat went full on Peggy Mitchell and kicked Arsula up the bottom all the way out the shop. Get out and stay out. The whole village <laughs> seems to be chatting away very merrily about Lillian and Justin. It seems to be the most public affair since Prince Charles and Camilla. It's a shame you can't carry on rogering your boss, Lillian, said Pat. He was clearly a good shag and it's such a shame his irritating wife got in the way. Tee! Uh, Peggy and Jill met up and smashed... Uh, no, Peggy and Jill met up and plotted smashing up St. Stephen's. Is that what they call muscular Christianity? It was the usual sort of oblique, passive-aggressive chat the pair of them specialise in. Sometimes you just have to admit when you're wrong, said Peggy, heroically resisting the temptation to add, you mad old bat. I know I've got things wrong. Yes, you have, said Jill emphatically, whipping out a list a yard long, headed one, telling Helen she'd made an excellent choice with Rob. However, some good did come out of this strange little chat. Over at Brooker's, there has been a rapprochement. Ooh. For bewildering reasons, Jill had Christmas Day all over again, shinned back up the bookcase and covered it in crackers, and then they all turned into <laughs> a Good night, John boy. The end. Oh, I really enjoyed that this week. Well done, you. Oh. Have you ever had a colonic? Sorry? Have you ever had a colonic? Have I? Yeah. No. I, I just talk shit. I don't wash it away. <laughs> <laughs> I talk about. Uh, I had one once. It's the most amazing experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't all feel energised. I can completely understand how people get um, addicted to them. Like, a, like Princess Diana was addicted to them, wasn't she? Yeah, I'm not sure if addicted is the word, but what do you mean energised? How can you feel energised after having it, something shoved in your it's bottom? It's amazing, <clears throat> Lucy. Only, anyway. only did right. it once, and it was about 10, 12 years ago. So you have the pipe uh, kind of 
inserted in your in your behind and and of course you you feel somewhat uncomfortable because you know it's a random stranger who's putting a pipe up, up your jacksey uh if it was someone you knew you wouldn't mind is that what you're saying well if it was one of your loved ones you know you'd, you'd feel less conscious about it but but anyway <laughs> And then you do see, I don't want to put anybody off their uh, dog walk here, but you do see the colour of the stuff. And and they make a point of saying, oh, you know, look at that. And, and, and it's like, oh, you go, oh, God. And then... What do you it, mean they make a point of going, oh, look, look at no, what? No, no, what no, no. You, 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 you kind of look at it. They make a point of saying, oh, you know, we're flushing you out and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and you see the colour of the stuff and it, and it goes down the tube. But then it just keeps it's going. It's poo colour, isn't it? Yes. But then, right, after, I don't know, three, five minutes, then it's pretty clear. But it keeps on going. They, I forget how long she had it shoved at me, Jaxie. But let's say it was half an hour. I, I, I do that forget. That is not a sentence I ever expected to hear on this podcast. <laughs> I forget how long she had it shoved up my Jaxie. But, uh, you know, just. Welcome to Dumpty Dum, folks. The show you. where we literally talk shit. <laughs> And so anyway, so that was that. And then... No, sorry, sorry I interrupted. So it was, it, then it goes clear, does it? Yeah, th- then it goes clear um, rel- relatively quickly, but it's still whooshing away, whooshing away. Anyway, so then, then you get up and Lucy, I was walking to the bus stop and then I thought, why don't I run to the bus stop? And I started sprinting to the bus stop. And then I started walking up. You know, you little you little kids like to walk on walls. I was walking on walls. I, I was doing all manner of... I was saying hello to random strangers. And I thought, what's come oh. over me? Seriously, you feel so energised after that. It's psychological. That. No, it's not. If you have, loose, if you have loose, to have loose. that done. Oh, my God. Listen, stop it, Lucy. Because I don't want to, again, put people off their uh, early morning commute on the tube, off their dog walk. But, like, 10 ton of shit has literally been you know shoveled out of you you feel lighter you absolutely do you lose i don't know three four pounds straight away and i couldn't believe because it took me a long time to realize why i was so energized and i literally did run for the bus and i hadn't done that in like like forever there's no reason to you are lighter and then the next day well for the next few days your movements are very peculiar Things just fly out of you like, at such <laughs> speed. <laughs> it's like there's no friction on the side. Wham, bam, like that. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It, I, you know, I'm not really one for hippy dippy stuff. Right. Um, I'll do a bit of Buddhism and a little bit of uh, meditation. But really, I'm not a hippy dippy person. But. This was a real revelation to me, and you know, you just felt lighter, you felt energized, and um, I'm I'm all all for a colonic, but I've never never had one since. I've never had one since, but yeah, I just yeah, just just occurred to me. It was so good. Why didn't you haven't had one again then? Because um, I'm trying to remember exactly why I even had this. It was a friend. It was a friend's friend who was starting a practice in in West London, and she was drumming up trade and my website at the time she wanted an advert on there and she said oh i'll i'll, I'll you know i'll give you one <laughs> and i right. went oh okay and she went, no 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 it'll be fine you know you really enjoy it and you know and i you know and i, I went okay uh it, under duress after putting off about three or four times i finally went and i it was great 
it, it was absolutely great and we ended up right. having about three or four um hydroclonic uh clients are on the site and it's good stuff good stuff but anyway hmm not mm. natural, though, is it? I mean, you, the human body wasn't... Me- I mean, it has its own escape mechanism, really. It do- you, why would... Wh- I don't you, understand. You could say a lot of things of which we do aren't particularly natural, Lucy. Mm. Yes. In, term, in, terms of, in terms of just taking waste product out of your bowels uh, and a shed load of it, dare I say a shit ton of it right (laughs) it's not a bad thing and you do physically feel lighter and energized and and if someone had said this to me I'd have gone yeah whatevs but no I am living proof living proof Lucy Mm. anyway uh, last week in Ambridge yes Uh, quite liked it little Mm. bit unconvinced still that Rob's gone oh of course he hasn't gone um i know well he, he hasn't left the country because i saw him last night at the awards um i forgot <laughs> timothy watson's actually quite small because in my head i'd convinced myself you know that what Rob... you've got to stop with this small stuff right you've got a real I'm little sorry. chippy thing about <laughs> about people being small as if to say like you're six foot one or something or another yeah, it's the towering giant exactly five foot five <laughs> Mm. In my head, when you find somebody threatening, you tend to imagine them as taller than they actually are. And um, if you ask people, if you ask to estimate somebody's height and you have that kind of if you see them as as um, as, as as holding a superior status to you or somehow threatening, then you'll often describe them as taller than you. And I in my head, I had made Timothy Watson a lot taller than me, but actually he's not. Um they didn't win. Uh, he was up for an award, and so was uh, Louisa Petitcas. Neither of them did win an award. But, hey, but what what awards were they? But up the for? Archers, the, they were up for best actor in a drama and best uh, best actress in a drama. Uh, they still use this sexist actress actor thing, which Lenny Henry had to shout at everybody about. But they then um, they did win the uh, overall contribution to British drama. Uh, the whole Archers did. Mm. So it wasn't like individual awards just for them. Um, and Sean O'Connor was there and made a speech. But the nicest thing was one Did of the new. <laughs> <laughs> Did you boon his? <laughs> Actually, at one point I had warned the person I was with that I didn't massively want to get in a big, you know, be introduced to him or anything. And um, I suddenly realised he was standing to my right and I, I was saying to Paul, move over, move over, keep moving, keep moving to try and sort of block me so I couldn't see him and he couldn't see me. Oh, this is ridiculous. Anyway. Um, uh, oh, yes. The guy that what there's two awards for. There's the the Imerson and um, uh, the Tinniswood Award for Best New Playwright. And one bloke won both, which is unusual. Mm. And he, came, he was only about sort of 20. He came up on stage and accepted his award and immediately started talking about the archers which was a real surprise his his play his play that he'd written was about um free speech and was very sort of uh, uh politically oriented um a drama uh but he said 
he wanted to thank his mum for making him listen, be fascinated by radio drama because she started him off on the Archers when he was about three. Um, and he said, and look what look what can happen through things like the Archers when we've raised over £100,000 for refuge and all that. And the audience went wild. It was great. It was a real uh, it was a real big up the Archers evening. It was very, very nice. Was Paul there? Paul Truman? Uh, no. I hope someone tells him, actually, that, uh, in fact, I should, shouldn't I, um, that uh, that he got a lot of love because... Uh, well, dare I say it, it shouldn't be our job to tell him. Uh, no. But he really well, I know, should have been I know there. Refuge do, I don't think anyone from Refuge was there either. Um, that's, but, a, that's a bit crappy as well. Well, they're, they're not great at their, at their sort of invitation mailing lists and organisation. I know, because I didn't get one. No. Well, they knew you were in San Francisco, you see. Oh, OK. <laughs> All right. Fair dues. Um, so you're rubbing shoulders with the stars and with BBC bigwigs as you do every year. Um, am I on the blacklist? Is that the reason why I'm not there? Um, why don't no, let Henry Henry in then? He should be on the blacklist too. <laughs> last night um he was up on stage and so was um oh, what's his name e sing coley um yeah yeah, yeah 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 the, the, Scot- the scottish bloke yeah 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 hardy sing coley isn't it something hardy like. sing coley yeah. that's right and uh, he looked fantastic he got like this pale pink turban on and like this this sort of shiny blue silk suit he just looked fantastic mm. and um Lenny Henry was hosting and they were both stood up on stage and uh, Hardeep Singh Kohli looked out into the audience and said, um, now, he said, I'm looking out now uh, at a a sea of uh, middle-aged white men. And he said, just because there's two of us up here on this stage, I don't want you to feel that this industry isn't for you as well. (laughs) 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 Two black guys in the whole, you know, the only two black guys in the whole room on stage at the same time. Um, but it was very good, very good. It was, uh, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it this year. Awesome. Right, uh, shall we do caller in, Aris? Uh, yes, we should. Hello, Ambridge 3962. Who's first? With a spoon. Awesome. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs Mercy Greetings Lucy Royfield, Yokel Bear and all Dumpty Dummers around the world Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here We're just back from a walk and placing Have you seen this man, Rob Titchener? If so, stay away from him Posters on trees throughout Greenwich Village One can talk about many things after an excellent week in Ambridge But this will be an all-Rob call Picking up on what Royfield was saying, it is very difficult to predict what is going to happen. That's why psychiatrists prefer to analyze the past, and past behavior is the best predictor for future actions. As Royfield said, look carefully for the breadcrumbs that the scriptwriters leave. We speculated that Rob had murdered Stefan or would kidnap Giddy Jack, but while he is a narcissist with a capital N and a misogynist with a capital M, his sociopathy has a slightly smaller S. He will lie, block culverts, embezzle, bribe, and abuse his wife. No small misdeeds, but perhaps there are some limits to his madness 
and to his crimes. Now, I, for one, thought he had gone back to his parents' home to lick his wounds, but we discovered through Ursula's panicked eyes this had not occurred. Now, if we follow the breadcrumbs back in time, we remember that Jess had remarked that Rob's pattern is to cut and run when he's in trouble. So perhaps he has gone back to America. God, I better put up more posters. One issue I disagree with Royfield, I could not see Rob having mild personality changes and continuing to live in the village. As Lucy has said, making any progress in treating a narcissist takes a long, long, long time. I went back and searched for what Sean O'Connor had actually said about the future of Rob and Helen. This is what I found. Quote, they are umbilically linked together forever, as long as they have those children together. So I think there are another 20 to 30 years in the story. End quote. So perhaps Rob will just fly in on his broom periodically, or perhaps the new editor feels differently about him and will write him out completely. Finally, just a very important note about Rob and Ursula. There's a condition called folia deux, or shared psychotic disorder. In it, a delusional belief is transmitted from one individual to another, usually family members. Ursula definitely has the risk factors of being the secondary patient. Female gender, suggestibility, passivity, histrionic personality traits, and suspiciousness. Ursula was truly on the edge of being unhinged on Friday, and Pat handled her oh so well. I just wish she had also exclaimed, Your son raped my daughter, you bitch. On that note, we'll bid you adieu. Talk to you soon. Folly adieu. That sounds very, very exciting. It actually sounds quite uh, a little bit naughty, as French things so often do and then turn out to be uh, quite dull. But that is not quite dull. It is very interesting. And I thought it was really, really good. The scene with with, with uh, Ursula and uh, Pat when... Um, they, uh, Ursula did that thing that narcissists do, which is sliding from the aggressor to the victim within the space of one conversation. Mm. I mean, they could do it. The practiced ones can do it within the space of one sentence. But so she started off saying, well, I presume you know where he is. Of course, you, you and your horrible family, you've done this. And I wouldn't expect, you know, really aggressive. And then by the end of it, she's in tears. And that wasn't just... Pat that wasn't just Pat's sort of strength that led her to do that it was it was sort of fairly typical behavior I, I think um then saying oh but you how can you leave you know you're a mother too how could you what could you feel like if you're you know and and I she said I've lost my son and and I think you know Pat was, would have been well within her rights to say well I lost my daughter for six months because of your son you know um but it was an excellent scene and I loved it and as soon as she started as soon as Pat started saying to Ursula, you did this to your son, you've made him like this, you and your husband, that's when the waterworks started. And that's when she really kind of, uh, Ursula really sort of collapsed then and then started doing victim, 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 victim. But uh, yes, lovely scene. Loved the um, the uh, the sort of the, 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 the uh, what's the word, the atmosphere of the rain hammering down outside them in this sort of dimly lit shop. And she's saying, mm. get out don't come back and the door opening and everything and knowing that she's going out into the rain like you know kathy is great mm. hoorah um i think also it was significant that we had alan played a part in that to warm pat yeah. that, that yeah. ursula w- was was on the way and i i is convinced that uh the reappearance the reappearance of rob 
you know, there'll be a significant part of of, of Alan uh, will will be in that as well. Because it's got to be. It's got to be, got to be. But hmm, no, no. I, I, I thought it was rather delicious too, and and yes, and uh, well spotted uh, on all the kind of the atmospherics. Felt like it was some scene from some nineteen forties kind yes. of black and white <laughs> movie. It, it, it was it was brief m- encounter. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, brief unpleasant encounter. That's what it was. Yep. Oh, uh, Andrew Horn now. Greetings, Earthlings. Andrew Horn here. I've got a few points to make about Justin. Uh, One refers to the conversation last week about why do Justin and Miranda stay together and their understanding. And it may be something as pragmatic as the way Justin's finances are structured. Um, I don't know if anyone else heard the IPM uh, series over the Christmas New Year period about an affair with a different viewpoint from the wife the um, husband and the lover. Um, and the husband was quite pragmatic in that, um, where he said, you know, a lot of his finances were structured, a lot of things basically in his wife's name. So that could be um, part part of it. Coming back to this week's episodes, I was surprised that uh, Brian wasn't in the circle of trust, um, that um, he's supposed to be close to Justin. I know he's a bit of a puppet chairman. He's he's there because he has the local opinion. But I, I'm surprised that, that Brian wasn't brought into the circle of trust and in terms of the real reason um, that Rob was um, dispatched. So that, that sort of worried me a bit. And then it also worried me that, that Helen didn't know until she went into the shop. Brian was busting to tell uh, Tony and Pat... He'd got blessing from uh, Justin to do so, so why didn't he? Three days later, and she still didn't know. That that didn't seem seem right. And and finally, on Friday, um, so Sean O'Connor's left. He's gone to EastEnders, um, and it looked like the Justin character, well, certainly the Justin actor, popped up at the top of the shard on Friday in a similar role as a property developer about to tear up the East End with Max as his evil henchman this time. So, you know, are we actually going to see a formal linking? Is it going to be Damara that pop up in EastEnders? Um, anyway, it's not really of, of interest to, uh, to Dumpty Dum, but uh, it's sort of parallel. Speak to you all soon. Bye. What's Horny Boy got to say for himself? Well, as long-term listeners will know, mm-hmm. my grist my my grasp grip my grip and grasp on financial matters is somewhat tenuous mm. and so i never understand how anybody's finances are structured least alone justin i do mm. understand marriages where people they're a marriage of convenience and it's easier to just stay together because you're a a brand i better be careful what i say here mm. um but and I do get that impression with with Miranda and Justin that it is about you know let's keep the money because you know they're you get if you stay together you get double the money basically and I think there's an awful lot of marriages that survive on 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 those principles really which is unbelievably sad but there we are. Um, but you know what though it's it's not even just just that that is that is one way uh, of looking at it but also. Um, a couple can be together for such a long time 
yeah, it's it's a brand, but also it's kind of habit. And also you don't want to necessarily go through all the unpleasantness of a divorce. Number one, you don't want You'd to go... You'd just rather th- be unhappy on a day-to-day basis, well, really. Well, no, no, but I would question, and I, and I don't know, and I know I can be contrary at the best of times, and sometimes I'm contrary on this podcast just to throw in another voice because we can't always just agree with each other. But you can have a marriage whereby two people are together and it is a partnership and it's a social partnership. So yes, we, we do we do things yeah. together because we just do and it suits mm-hmm. us both. However, personally, we go off and do our, our own thing. Yeah. And that yeah. can have nothing to do with the allocation of, uh, of resources post a divorce. Yeah. It's just a case of, well, I, I need somebody to go to me with this function, that function. We have ve- We have a wider family. We do certain things together. However... When we don't put on that public face, I do what I want to do and you do yeah. what you want to do. As long as you don't yeah. rub my nose in it, it's fine. Yeah, it's like it's like Frank and Claire Underwood. Absolutely. Well yeah. done. House of Cards. Yeah. Um, it was quite interesting. At the Lillian Bellamy evening, she asked the audience, can you see someone said, will Lillian? There was a there was a question and answer thing. And, and mm. they said, will Lillian ever meet anybody, you know? nice who isn't encumbered with either a criminal record or a wife and uh she said well what do you think can you could you see is justin it could you see lillian with 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 justin and everyone went no and there was this huge roar of disapproval from the audience so they clearly people clearly don't want her to end up with him they do think that somehow he'd be sort of second best in some way that was the definitely the feeling there I don't know mm. how our listeners feel, really. I don't think anyone's ever said... People have said, oh, let them get on with it if it makes them happy. Uh, but I don't think anyone sort of said long-term, yes, this is a good option. He should divorce Miranda and go out with Lillian, you know, be- marry Lillian sort of thing. Mm. I'm not even sure she'd want that. I think she would. I think she would. You know, the, the way... She, she wants the security, doesn't she? Well, she wants to be loved. And, yeah. you know, remember when she thought that it was all over... She went into a little minor depression, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. You know, so this isn't just oh, two ships uh, bumping in the night. It's it's cool. We have an arrangement. She genuinely likes the guy, or at least she likes somebody lavishing attention on her. Yeah, doesn't she? Yeah, and that's yeah. ultimately her kryptonite, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, Andrew, there are so many things about this. The business with Stefan and and uh, Andrew said he was surprised that um, that Brian wasn't wasn't let into the secret about Stefan. But is that because it, to preserve his kind of the strength of his business, he can't afford to let Brian know anything that may weaken him, uh, that may weaken the, uh, Damara. Uh, so he has to sort of keep it quiet and just pretend that everything is 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 absolutely fine and above board. Um, and that's why he didn't tell Brian. I don't yeah, know, but no, the whole surely because yeah. um, taking all all the legals uh, to one side, the fewer people know about this, the better. Actually, for all concerned, really, um, yeah. if Brian was to be told about this, massive conflict of interest for Brian on a purely emotional level because he's been in the village what forty odd years. Yeah, you take the business element out of it. Yeah, but just yeah. him knowing that. That's not good at all. So okay. the the fewer people that know, the better, I would have thought. Uh, ooh, we've got Naked Fingers now. Hello, Dumpty Dummers. Naked Fingers here. Still blushing from the revelation that Lucy says I'm her favourite caller in the... Re- oh, that's, that was very nice. I, I did blush. 
I wasn't expecting that. Um, you have terrible taste. Terrible, terrible taste. But I don't have favourites. I do. It's you, Lucy. It's definitely you. Now, let's go on to speak about my soundalike, because, yes, I finally admitted that I do sound like Rob. My name's Robert. Why wouldn't I sound like a Rob as well? Uh, I was wrong about the stabbing. He, he wasn't going to stab Stefan, and Stefan didn't stab him, so I was wrong about that. And then earlier in the week, I said, he's going to be in some culvert somewhere, isn't he? You know, eyes popped out and tongue lolling, blue-faced and rotting away. Wouldn't that be lovely? But no, I don't think that's happened either. He's lying in wait, and he will return when we least expect it, to wreak his horrible revenge. But he'll fail. He will fail miserably. So that's my latest dud of a plot prediction for Rob. Finally, uh, in anticipation of our, our whiskey meetup in May, I'm going to drink a wee dram in honour in honor of all my lovely Dumpty Dum friends. So, there we are. Slangivar, speak to you soon. Bye. Go on then. I love him. (laughs) (laughs) And yes, I know I have terrible taste, Robert. I don't need anyone to tell me that, including you, thanking you. Um, You've got to play this call right to the end, Royf, because there was a very, very funny bit right at the end where I don't know. Well, you just listen. It's very funny. Um, I can't remember what he said, really. I was just so excited. Oh, he said, said, oh, my goodness, you like him, blah, blah, blah. Whiskey do blah blah blah. Yes, I do sound like Rob. Yada yada blah blah blah. Shall we put our blazers back on now and go in for double geography? Because this is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, he does sound like Rob though. But yes, I I think everybody's thinking. So has he? Has he really gone? Really, really gone? I know you're convinced he hasn't. I still don't know. Oh, Lucy, come on! Even if it takes six months for this man to come back, right? Oh yeah. Now, I know he'll come back at some point. Oh, He's okay. going to be a hazel woolly, though, I think, isn't he? Disappearing and reappearing. Mm. You know. Well, it's going to, as, as somebody says at some point on, on a call, um, we, ne- we need to go through the, the next appointment, don't we? At the, at the contact centre. Yeah, this is his first, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, New York Nigel now, who I'm going to see in a few weeks' time. Hooray! Yeah, you've been keeping that underneath your hat. Haven't I tweeted it, you fool? Well, yeah, I know. And then I, and so, and somebody told me on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> you see, people wouldn't believe that we were actually married because we live such independent lives, wouldn't we? Would they, Royfield? No, not at all. No. Um, <laughs> just, just, just whilst you're talking about New York meetups, yes. um, I would just like to put it out to the West Coast posse, yo. Um, people in San Francisco, the Bay Area, Northern California. I am putting together a dumpty dum meetup to outshine the paltry effort that's going to be put together in New York in in a few weeks' time. It'll be the second annual uh, San Francisco dumpty dum meetup because we had uh, how many people do we have last time? It was approximately a year ago, and we had ooh, 12, 13, 15, 15 or so turned up. It was awesome. I think we need to do that again, folks. Let's show New York how it's done. And I'm just going to pick a date randomly out of the ether. And that date will be 
Um, right, I need to edit this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me run and go and get my phone. One minute, let me work this out. One minute. <laughs> so how's about we say, good people of uh, the Bay Area, Sunday the 19th of February at Pie Bar on Valencia in the Mission. At half three, because it doesn't open till quarter past three, because it's, it's pie, Lucy, you know. So it's three, I think it actually opens at 3.14 or something or another. But anyway, so it's at Pie Bar, Sunday, February the 19th, 3.30. Be there or uh, don't be a dumbly dumber. Why are you having it at three in the afternoon? Uh, that's what we did last time. Oh, okay. And uh, people seem to be able to make it. Oh, fine. Why? Why? why Nothing what? to do. No, just because we're doing it properly in the evening, like normal people. So I just wondered why yours wasn't going to be as good. And it's up to you, really, isn't it? F off. Ours is going to be so <laughs> much better. <laughs> just because you're going to a private members it club so isn't going to be better. Well, we have properly, properly descended now, haven't we? Mm, into yeah. we've had our event is my event's going to be better than your event no, 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 I'm no, going no. to a party and you're not coming and it's going to be better than yours because you're having yours at a stupid time alright <laughs> then okay here we go uh, San Francisco and Bay Area Dumpty Dummers right if you would like to meet up in the evening because I know we did do Sunday afternoon last time and that seemed to work for all things considered but if you want to have a little bit of a drink uh, why don't you tweet me, message me? Let's try and do it for that weekend. So let's say the weekend of the 18th or the 19th of Feb. I don't mind doing a Saturday evening at all, to be honest with you. Uh, but tweet me, email me, uh, we'll sort it all out and uh, we will have lots of fun. More fun than will be had in boring old East Coast New York. That's all I'm saying. Now, boring old New York. No. Yeah. <laughs> You know, oh, we're going to a members club. So anyway, whatevs, uh, moving on. Now, who's next? (laughs) Uh, New York, Nigel, who I'm going to meet, as I said, which is what started off this whole thing. He is lovely. And I think I said this before, but after we met uh, last year, we did have a lovely walk for about a mile or so um, through the streets of New York. And then we each other at year and uh, no he's just lovely I really like him hello dumpty dummers around the world it's New York Nigel here calling in about Jill's character transplant one of the things we really love about the archers is that the stories are almost a hundred percent character driven. We love the characters first and then the story second. And the writers do a fantastic job of that. But in this case, it strikes me that somebody thought about a story first, The Return of the Fair Brethren, and Jill was shoved into the storyline, no matter what her personality was beforehand. And I really don't care how this has affected Pip. She's a nuisance and i wish she'd just bugger off but i do care how it sits with one of the longest running characters in the story jill has always been the peacemaker in the family and to hear her acting as a sort of petulant and petty cow saying things that are totally out of character has caused whiplash 
for me, basically. And now it seems that she's whiplashed us back again to serve the irritating Toby and Pip storyline. And secondly, Lillian's line to Helen, I want you to believe it, struck home. I I want to believe it too. They, They made us believe in Rob's arrival and his behavior over three or four years. So why can't they make us believe in his departure? The, the plot lines associated with Rob are, are being treated with what looks more like triage than a naturally unfolding storyline with psychological cohesion. If every victim of domestic abuse or coercive control was blessed with a spouse, a spouse that just disappeared in a puff of smoke, the world would be a happier place. I was as happy as anyone to hear Pat send Ursula packing. That was a great, great scene, played it a couple of times, but it sounded more like a melodrama than anything else. Bye-bye, Barrow Farm, bye-bye, The Flood, Charlie Thomas, who knows what else. There doesn't seem to be an organic connection that leads us out of this story with the same sort of thread that led us into the story through the Archer's world. And I'm sorry, because a very moving, horrible, and convincing story sprang out of the very same soil. And perhaps that's because it's easier for scriptwriters to make us believe in abuse than it is for, to, to, to make us believe in redemption. So they simply took the easy way out. Bye-bye, Rob. Bye-bye, Ursula. Bye-bye, Bruce. Poof! Pat says we've had enough. So anyway, hope to call in again soon. In the meantime, so lovely to be part of this dumpty dum world. Bye now. Right. Um, Jill's character transplant. Mm. It's a bit odd, isn't it? We've kind of swung one way and as you said, then swung rapidly back. And I can see why you've got character whiplash. But <laughs> I kind of, I did think that it sort of made sense. I think she knew that she was, that Bang she was out of order. Just, yeah, just being, being daft, but she couldn't stop. Um, and it was Peggy who sort of talked her into it because Peggy's her link with that. Peggy remembers yeah. it. No one else does, really. I mean, I know I know, Auntie Cardboard does, but she seems to have become mute for the minute. And, and Carol, um, Carol Toboggan, because remember yeah. Carol right at the start of this said, yeah, well, you're Carol... not really angry with, yeah. with, with Toby, are you? No, but Carol kind of has been telling her off for it. And and Jill didn't want to be told off for it. She just wanted to think, yes, I know. You know when you're being stupid and you know you are. You don't want someone to say to you, you're being stupid. You want someone to go, it's all right. We all do this sometimes. Don't worry about it. Just pack it in now, probably. <laughs> and, um, you know, Carol's a bit lectury. And uh, and and Peggy just said, I look, I've messed this up I, as well. I, I disagree. Carol was actually, I think, quite quite gentle with her. Uh, really? the, and it was literally the last time we... we heard substantively from carol and carol said when jill was going on carol said but this is not really about toby though is it jill she didn't say you silly old bat it is not about toby <laughs> actually you know, she said yeah. there's something else isn't the jill and jill was like oh well mm, ah, mm, ah. carol was actually quite sympathetic towards her i thought or quite gentle anyway she didn't go in there yeah with yeah she can just on. be a bit she didn't no, maybe, maybe not. Maybe I'm being a bit harsh on her. But that's uh, unlike you to be harsh, isn't it, Lucy? <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah, I, but I just think she knew. I think 
Jill knew and what she was doing and that uh, um, that that uh, um, Peggy was the absolute right person to. And whilst we're on this, we haven't really talked about the fact that Lizzie had also said to her mum as well, like, you know, yeah, dad yeah, would love you true, yeah. and, yeah. you know, etc. And she yeah. was like, I don't want to hear this. I don't want to hear this. Which I thought was absolutely a lovely scene as well. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, New York Nigel, back to the yeah. call. What else? Uh, that Well, he, he said... The, 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 he's, uh, I think he did sum it up when he said, I, I was as happy as anyone to get rid of Rob, but that sounded more like melodrama. And it really, it really did, you know. Go out, leave my family and go out into the storm. As she, you know, pulls her... Pulls her cloak around her her ears um but yes i I know we've had two years wrapped up in two weeks but it's early days we'll see what happens they're hoping we're all just going to forget somehow aren't Mm. aren't they that uh that we kind of um that we that we were ever as involved as we were but some of us will not forget um and then he'll come back and then we'll go, oh, God, he's back. And then we'll moan again. Because that's what we do. We like a moan, whatever they do. It's I don't, wrong. No, I don't moan. I have constructive comments to make. Never moan. Moaning is not in my purview, Lucy. <laughs> Never moan. <laughs> you're, a, you're a moan-free zone. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> ah, yes. And that's it. Oh, and now we have Anne. Email her in a We have mm. two. Helen, a first, who said, it's me, the one that occasionally sends Royfield map porn you via know, Twitter. You know what? I'm getting an awful lot of awesome, awesome maps. I got one from Blythe Spirit this week. Oh. Um, I know we're talking about Helen, but Helen, just hold fire a minute. This was musical references from all around the world. So there was like a uh, map of the world and it was like Tulsa as in 24 hours from Tulsa. Yeah. Uh, and then there would be things like Echo Beach, which I, there, there's actually a place called Echo Beach. And then that's on the map. And then ah. it was like uh, Waterloo, Sunset. And it just goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And then uh, America was called Born in the USA. Thank you, Bly Spirit. It, that was just like fantastic. Because um, when I first came to, well, not first came to the States, when I came to the States a couple, a couple of years ago, I actually said I was going to go on a, on a musical tour and I wanted to, you know, uh, email when I was 24 hours from Tulsa and, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and do all of that. Yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I actually now have the map to do it. So thank you, Bly Spirit. Uh-huh. Mm. Um, anyway, Helen. Uh, yes, sorry. Yes, Helen. Uh, she said, I'd call in, but I don't know what vintage I am. The first episode I remember hearing as a Dumpty Diddler, aged about six to seven, was Eddie proposing to Clary. If you know what that makes me, then let me know and I'll break my caller in virginity. Uh, anyway, she <laughs> said she loves how the BBC shares characters across their long running dramas. Uh, Holby City appears in Casualty, vice versa. It now seems that they're doing it again. And we're going to find out exactly what Justin Elliott gets up to when he's in London. He holds secret meetings with Max Branning at the top of the shards to plot the downfall of Walford. Love the show. Thanks for all your hard work. I, I think Andrew, well, he did. Andrew Horn said the same thing. Justin's now, you know, but is is it Damara? Is Justin actually running Damara? in Walford and uh, and uh, Borsetshire. He is the leading fictional businessman, uh, the BBC's go-to man for fictional businessmen, isn't he? Simon Williams. Mm. 
Uh, yeah, he's quite handsome as well, isn't he? He is. He is. My mum really used to fancy him when he mm. was. Uh, it used to be in a show with um, Nigel Havers, a soap opera, and she was, yes. and not a soap opera, a sitcom, and she really liked him. Yeah, um, I've probably said this before, but Simon Williams is the name of the superhero Wonder Man. Just saying, and he's an uh-huh. actor, and he's an actor. That that's his thing. Uh-huh. That he's a, a Hollywood actor, and somewhat I can't remember if he was somewhat failed. He's like a crappy TV actor, and uh, he is the superhero Wonder Man, but he's Marvel, hence Wonder Man as opposed to Wonder Woman, which is DC. There you go. Moving swiftly on. Um, anything else? Olivia. Olivia. Olivia, Olivia, Olivia. Mm-hmm. Rex and his pity party. She's called this. Uh, I can't call because I work in TV studios and generally I'm sitting somewhere. I can't talk. I don't know if the first time rules count for emails, but I think I'm a Siobhan. I'm an independent adjudicator on TV game shows and I live in Hertfordshire. That is an amazing job. I never even knew that was a job. How interesting. Um, she's at Olivia vdw on the twitters um this might be contentious but i've been driven to email because i'm being driven insane by rex and his one-man pity party i know we're supposed to love admire and feel sorry for rex i think love is a bit going a bit far olivia but i'm not convinced he's dripping about asking for jobs that he has no experience of that's fine rex just watch a video and you can do the lambing and his bloody lentil doll is just pitiful i fully expect him to start knitting himself a hair shirt while whipping himself in the bull car park he has zero experience of farming. It hasn't crossed his mind that the children of farmers who grow up working on farms then go to college. No, Rex, with his entitled attitude, believes that such a farming business should fall into his lap. He has made such a success of his seasonal farming business that one month, one month after Christmas, he has no money. As for his judgmental, I saw what you did to Anisha when she quite rightly got one over on Jazza. Mm, not sure about the quite rightly bit in his hilariously dodgy kilt when he was planning on humiliating her needs to stop being such a misery guts given we know he has had a decent and expensive education with every opportunity and he is cutting the occasional hedge and whinging i'm sure there's something out there for me i just don't know what it is he needs to get a proper job uh and she continues in the same vein um and she said if 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 it's revealed that Toby has anything complicated going on in Brighton, then it would be utterly unbelievable that Rex would not have thrown that at him at some point. So mm. I think the Brighton thing is a red herring. Well, it it can't be a red herring because, sorry to do this, with... we've had our noses rubbed in Brighton for, what, six, nine months or so, and the Brighton wick is slowly being turned up. Now he's in a relationship with, with Pip. He's finding it harder and harder to come up with the excuses and moving on to yesterday's episode yesterday being sunday he suddenly takes off after half promising to be there for sunday lunch and, and he takes off to go to brighton so brighton is going to come to a head uh some, sometime soon so but... if it was custody it would be weekends wouldn't it exactly like it is it's it's a weekend every three weeks mm. um but I one of the amazing things about doing this podcast is how people can have such different takes on characters, because whilst I agree that Rex is a, a little bit sackcloth and ashes, right? The whole thing with, with with the lentil doll is just to put him in sharp relief yeah. with his brother, isn't it? Yeah. But here he's yeah. somebody who's trying to live, you know, within his means, so to speak, as opposed to the other one who just has no financial probity at all less that there's a i would say a pity party more of this the fact that he's just incredibly careful 
right? To the to the point of being, you know, boring and sanctimonious with it. But he is a careful kind of character. Uh, but yeah. I think much more interesting than than all of that, Helen, is the fact that him and Anisha are going to kind of get it on, aren't they? There's there's something going on there, and yeah, I think but he's you're talking for... to Olivia, not Helen, now. Oh, am I? Sorry. Yeah. Oh, crumbs. Yeah. Sorry, Olivia. So, so much for for a lack of notes, Mr. Brown. Anyway, so Olivia, you meanie. Let him have his fun with Anisha. I actually thought, though, Lucy, when Anisha came into this, that it was going to be a little bit of a, a love interest for uh, for our uh, big time um, barrister. Oh, and and I completely didn't have the ages. Um, you know, I obviously mismatched the ages completely. I just thought here is a. A, a professional, because she's a vet, a female character, single coming into the village. We have a barrister who um, who is gay and they're going to contrive to kind of put them together. Right. I didn't even think of Rex. No. Mm. Hmm. But she made a point of saying, didn't she, to Jazza, oh, who's he? Yeah, you know, yeah, so, yeah. And then as contrived to uh you know leave the pub with him yeah what did you think about her cheating i thought it was i I can't help but just talk about this in terms of uh the plotting of it i just actually thought it was a bit poor it was we have these it was obviously a set piece in terms of let's introduce these two characters to each other rex and anisha and and the device of, of how to do it oh the, let's put the two scots in the village it's kind of burns night i actually just i i didn't believe that i didn't believe i, w- I didn't believe that jazza would get drunk underneath the table and okay yeah she was throwing the drinks away or, or whatever she was doing but actually as the plot device to get rex and her together in a meaningful way and for them to share a secret i actually thought w- was somewhat cumbersome and somebody like Jazza. Jazza's pretty canny and wily for tricks to be played. And I thought he would have spotted that. That that was that right. was my gut. But I was just wandering up the street. Uh, bright, sunny, Californian sun on my back. I was in quite a happy mood. I thought, that was a bit crappy, but I'll let that one go. <laughs> I'll let it go. You know what? I'm not, I'm not going to write to my MP. I'm just going to let it go. <laughs> Ad break time? Uh, We've finished the calls, yeah. Awesome, awesome. Oh, I'm I'm loving this this, this episode. Uh, <laughs> right. Oh, so now it's uh, ad break time, and everybody that just fast forwards through uh, the next couple of minutes, uh, don't because there's a new advert for a podcast called Walkie Talkie by One Lucy B Freeman. Then we'll come back the other side with not Millie Bell but Yokel Bear. In an uncertain world, there is always music which can be listened to in good company. Welcome to Friday 15, the show where we speak to friends and interesting people to the backdrop of great tunes and allocate 15 minutes to both. I mean, I was eight years old, interesting, the same age as the uh, Dragon King's daughter when she comes out of the sea. But um, well, what was happening to me when I was eight years old was that I was at the hands of a paedophile in, um, in a classroom for a year. And... Awesome. Yeah. Um, for me... I well, and I think the reason that I somehow managed to to win in the end is that for me it's about an economy of the three things that bring a song together. Kiss, mouth, open, like 
Catch up with me speaking to friends and interesting people every Friday afternoon on Friday 15, which you can get, of course, from a podcatcher of your choice. Hello, I'm Lucy, and this is Walkie Talkie. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I walk my dog, Basil, uh, pretty much every day in a foresty bit of London. Um, I have been doing so for about four years. And... I meet people that, as a dog walker, you talk to people. Um, if your dogs get on, you tend to just you say, which way are you going, can I come with you? And you just sort of amble along. And you can end up having the most extraordinary conversations. Partly because uh, you are walking side by side and facing front, so there's no embarrassing eye contact. If things get a bit heavy, if someone starts talking about something that they find emotional or difficult then you can always divert your attention onto the dogs and relieve the tension a little bit we've seen as a group of dog walkers we've seen um, people get pregnant have children we've seen people whose dogs have become ill and died and the owner says oh I can never have another one and then in a couple of months time they appear with a puppy and everyone's delighted to see them and um We've seen people's marriages break down, new romances start. It's a lovely way to start your morning. It never fails to give me something something nice to think about, something interesting to think about, even if it's not nice. And having a dog is a sort of a, a universality, really. The people aren't all like me, as I hope you'll realise over the course of the series.
Hello Dumpsdum, it's Yokel Bear here calling from the rolling hills of Yokelshire with the social media roundup. Um, there's been quite a lot going on, especially on the Book of Face, which is mainly what I'm going to concentrate on this week. Um, there's been a lot of discussion, so, right, we've got a lot to say, so let's get straight into it. Um, Millie Bell posted a thread, who knew that Jill and Peggy were such criminals as they contemplated throwing a brick through the Grace Archer window. Um, Alison Butler said, I would love it if they somehow collaborated on this with Johnny and Freddie. Um, an intergenerational team building event. Caroline Moss said, uh, they'll just get the Button Girls to do it, same as they did for Rob's car. Yeah, Caroline, I think you've got a point there. Those Button Girls are going to be a handful next few years, aren't they? Mm. Um, Cara Littlewood Poirier said, I think they need to get oiled up on illicit fair brother hooch. Um, and then go on a brick lobbing spree. Um, that's terrifying, isn't it, really? Um, but Jessica Dizel said, what if they get caught? Will they have to bake for community service hours? Yeah, I think they probably would, but God help anybody if Caroline's involved. You don't want Caroline baking for your community service hours. Um, we also asked the question, the big question of the week, has the Dark Lord been vanquished? Has uh, Rob gone? Um, Joe Jackson said, no, he's living in a bivouac in the woods near Lakey Hill, all dressed in black, including a balaclava, and he's plotting revenge. Um, Georgina Smith agrees, um, saying, it's all gone a bit black ops, but her fear is that there's going to be a giddy jack kidnap sequence of events if they go the soap opera route. She also says, since the stabbing, we can't rule anything out. And I think you're right there, Georgina. Everything, nothing's off the table. Um, we also wondered whether um, this would see the return of Charlie Thomas. Um, I think, um, possibility. Valerie, uh, sorry, Karen Valerie Hodgson said, I'd love Charlie to come back as he knows all about Rob's mismanagement of Borough Farm, the financial misdealings, etc. And he can enlighten Justin. Um, yes, he knows where the bodies are buried. Well, not the actual body, because actually Stefan turned up, you know, breathing and stuff. But yeah, I think you've got a point now. Um, and other people said, yes, Charlie coming back, good thing. But the big theme was, was Charlie can come back, but don't go upsetting Adam and Ian. So a lot of love from, uh, for Adam and Ian um, in this thread. Um, in fact, Nigel Massey says, I'd love to have Charlie back, so long as he leaves Adam and Ian alone, but starts a torrid affair with Benny Carvalho. Um, yes, that needs to happen. Script writers, take note. Um, Andrew Faye said he wouldn't kick Charlie out of bed for eating biscuits. Yeah, I agree, but I think you know that. Anyway, um, other things we've been talking about. Um, there was an interesting thing where both Helen O'Neill and Emma Jones posted on the book of face that spot about spotting Justin Elliott um, on EastEnders or Simon Williams, the, the actor that plays him. Um, and wondering where this has happened before. Where have the um, actors and uh, actors from the Archers turned up in other places? So, I'm setting you homework this week, listeners. Yes, there's homework now. Um, call in. Post on Facebook or on the forum um, where you have spotted um, other um, a- um, 
the actors from The Archers turning up on your TV box or on other places on your wireless. Um, so yes, let's do that. Um, Jeremy Shaw posted something that just said, I like Lucy's joke, the end. Yes, Jeremy, I like that too. Rupert Byrne also wondered, um, I dread to think how Bert will react if he learns that Freed has died as a result of Rob's action rather than an act of God. It will be the end of him. I'm really worried about that as well. I think um, Bert is... I wonder whether the end of Rob could be just Bert kills him. Because um, let's face it, he'd have grounds. So there's a bit of a roundup. There's also lots and lots of lovely other stuff on there. Go to the Book of Face. Go on to the forum. I should go on to the forum more. But, you know, I will this week. Um, so there you go. That's done. I'm out of here. Goodbye. Yokel Bear, um, that, you know, Lucy, that, that was good, but it was a bit different not to have our Millie Bell, wasn't it? I know, it's weird. I quite like an Antipodean social media roundup, but I, I, I actually don't mind one from Swindon either. Good old Yokel <laughs> show. Um, Luce, give us some yeah. tweets of the last seven days. Thank you very much, please. Kaz, uh, who's at Kaz Will Return, Helen's uh, prison mate, said... Jazza sounds more coherent with booze in him than he does sober. <laughs> it's a little harsh. Um, so Duckling Tuft said, had Kenton saying to Jazza, Jazza, have you got your bagpipes? And Jazza saying, nay, I always walk like this, which made me laugh. <laughs> um, uh, Mirisma, Miriam said, mm. everyone was hashtagging, where's Robbie? Uh, and she put, has anyone checked inside the inflatable Santa? That bloody Santa... That's another thing that there was no reason for. Anyway, that's where Rob is. Um, Mark Reedman said uh, when when uh, Roy was uh, trying to get shot of Tracy and decided to, to just bore her to death. Um, it was quite rainy that evening. Uh, he said after Roy's disquisition on his car's safety features, Tracy realised she was quite dry again. <laughs> that's very rude. <laughs> very and, rude. Uh, Karen Cunningham, this was genius. Kerry Davis got cornered by people on Twitter, if you can corner people on Twitter, saying, what is going on with Brighton? There had better be a bloody good reason for this, Kerry Davis. And he said, you know I can't comment. And she just, this is Tweet of the Week, she just put Kerry, blink once for love, child. (laughs) (laughs) That was very funny. We we haven't (laughs) talked about... uh the horror bin have we and roy no well it was uh, she's just at the moment she's all she's all light no shade isn't she she's all just she's what uh vicky tucker was in the beginning before um uh before the baby she is what susan was before uh or susan occasionally is before she gets a big storyline you know she's just the sort of the comedy woman really Mm. um so we'll talk about her when she's kind of got a bit of a bit at the a bit fleshed out at the moment mm. uh we know exactly where all the flesh is and it's you know it's kind of there's nothing deep there is there mm. apart from the cleavage apparently that's it do you like goggle box um yes well i i, I sometimes tweet for them so i watch it for that do you I, you tweet for channel four 
no, no, no. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, for that. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Why? No, because she mentioned that, didn't she? And it was partly one of the reasons why she just says, Roy, you and I have got nothing in common. Because she yeah. likes Gogglebox and he likes watching things on uh, BBC4. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like a good documentary. Land Rover in World War <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Anyway, oh, we're hurtling through this episode. This is going to be one of those um, short but satisfying ones, Lucy. Is it? I like yeah. those. <laughs> Bit like my stature, according to you. Mm. <laughs> I wonder what you're going to say then. Mm, no, <laughs> I kept it clean. I kept it clean. Dumdum dot com, folks, go there. Got a shop. Awesome. Uh, tractor. Now, um. I actually said to myself, I was going to name and shame uh, people who were clustering that weren't organising dues. Uh, and I completely forgot to do that because I'm not looking at Tractor right now. Uh, but suffice to say, Candida Beaching um, has, has taken up the cudgels and she's going to organise a do for Devon and uh, Cornwall, Dumdy Dummers. So um, if a do isn't organised in the next couple of weeks with a, with a date, you know, written in stone, folks. Uh, go tweet her and harangue her. Uh, she's on Facebook. She's on the Twitters. Uh, she says she's going to do it, and she's not going to let me down. Now, um, also, uh, there's been some rumblings uh, from the Toronto posse, and I think uh, Simply Genius said, uh, "Oh, Mary, not contrary. We need to uh, meet up." So there's going to be some some kind of Toronto rumblings. So, but remember, if if you're anywhere in the great province of Ontario, keep the pressure up on your fellow Dumdy Dummers, and something will happen. Um, so, uh, dumdydum.com, go there. It's awesome. It's fab. It's smashing. It's super. Um, I'm not looking at my notes at all. You'd think after 152 episodes, I wouldn't have to, but. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Now, folks, if you like... You can't to... the sodding phone number as well. <laughs> I still don't. No, I don't either. Every week um, it comes as a surprise. Oh, is it me? Oh. <laughs> God. If you'd like to help keep our little show on the road, there's a couple of ways this can be done, folks. You can do this by uh, donating, by hitting the donate button on our website. And I know um, a few people um, have actually thrown some shekels, some dollars, some uh, some euros our way uh, in the last uh, week or so. And that is absolutely wonderful. Otherwise, you can go to patreon.com and you can commit uh, a whacking two US dollars per episode. Um, steady. steady. Wow. It'll all go towards building a fence around Ambridge. Hmm. Don't start me on this, Lucy. I don't know whether it's to keep them in or us out. I'm not sure. Don't, don't, don't start me on this, Lucy. Are you trying to edge me into me going off on a political rant? No, I'm not, because I quite need a wee and you'll be going for hours. All right. Why don't you tell people about the Academic Archers? Uh, it's on the 17th to the 19th of February at the University of Lincoln. It is very funny and they talk about uh, social issues in an academic way through the medium of the archers. It's the kind of thing that could only happen in, in England and it's great. So go to it. Thanking you. Um, folks, without you, this show is just uh, Lucy and I. So we... <laughs> It's true. It's true. I know. It just sounds funny. 
Just James, just just loose your nine, just like. Mm. Anyway, so we need you uh, to be uh, the third spoke in our wheel, or whatever the heck the metaphor is, uh, by sending us in your contributions. You can do this via a voice message via SpeakPipe, or you can call us on zero two zero three zero three one three one zero five. Now, SpeakPipe is the red tabby button thing on our website. Um. And then you just kind of get on the show and that'd be wicked and awesome on social media, which is how this show was kind of born. You can find us specifically on Twitter where we're at WWE. I'm at Royfield, which is R-O-I-F-I-E-L-D. So if you fancy looking at some tweets which are misspelt, the odd word forgotten and uh, generally nonsensical, uh, you know, follow me. Uh, you, you see a dyslexic in action you're like what has he just said down like, oh for god's sake let's go and delete the tweet rewrite it and then the moment's gone anyway that's me <laughs> or there's harriet you can find her she's sandwiches now she can actually write she's proper she had a proper she can education. write and draw and do voices well, and I, write really I, funny can, things. I can draw i can draw i just can't can write. you yeah 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 oh. yeah yeah my daughter actually just had uh an exam to go to art school Really? Yeah. Wow, that's yep. brilliant. She'll hear this Friday, and there, where she gets <gasps> into the Ekobiko uh, School School of Art, and it's just like fame. It's a, a high school for kids that want to major in the creative arts. Wow. Fingers crossed for my Ella Bella over oh. there in in Toronto. Now, if you want to read uh, somebody who can properly format uh, 140 characters into a concise, pithy, witty tweet, you can follow one. Lucy V. Freeman. Um, but I've just done your bit. Sorry, Lucy. Anyway, her <laughs> name's at Lucy V. Freeman and she's on Twitter and she's really quite funny and you should really follow her because I do and she's just fab and awesome. On Facebook, we have more like a lookers than I can shake a stick at. And I tell you what, uh, talk about listener, listener, uh, like a lurker engagement. That yokel bear and Millie Bell, like a double act. I tell you what, Lucy. They seem to be working really well together, don't they? They are. It's a bit like you and me, but on Facebook. Oh, lovely. Yeah, but without the rancour. The what? Oh, the rancour. Yeah. They actually genuinely like each other. (laughs) (laughs) They're they're, they're two properly nice people that just kind of get on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How odd. Yeah, I know. That's, you know, yeah. You know, yeah. (laughs) You need a side to every relationship, don't you? Makes it much more interesting. Uh, yeah. So, um, Facebook, go on there. there. There's loads of people <laughs> having fun, listening to what, whatever Yokel Bear and Millie Bell are saying and, and commenting on that. So, that's smashing. And I don't even know where to start, folks, with uh, the last week of me being in the good old US of A, uh, a country which I have a great amount of love and affection for, and the fact that, you know, it's a country built on ideals. And um, a lot of people we thought had forgotten those ideals, those ideals of openness and uh, taking in the world's poor, the world's hungry and the world's dispossessed. Uh, but we thought... As long as they're the right colour. Well, this is the thing. And we thought that, by and large, Americans had f- forgotten that. But actually, they haven't. And um, I'm about to go and catch a plane and I'm about to go into an airport and I will be demonstrating uh, with, with some Americans to say, you know what, Mr. Trump, go fuck yourself. Right. You know, this land is the land of the, the free and the bold and the brave and all of that. 
and actually is incredibly inclusive. And it's just quite nice that my liberal sensibilities on the one hand, which I thought taken a massive uh, shaking in 2016, you kind of realise that actually no, right? Most people the world over are actually decent and actually do understand that some people are dispossessed and just because they have another religion from you doesn't mean that they are other they're still human beings so anyway um that's me uh lucy v freeman you got anything you'd like to say to our listeners um no only that if any of you agree with me that as far as i'm concerned all this america stuff started to go wrong when royfield went over there no it started to go right no 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 (laughs) last year you went over there lived there and then everybody voted for trump you fool that was you that did that i don't know how but i'm sure it was you no no i think though after saying i tell you what i do blame myself for the brexit vote and all those brexiteers because actually i didn't vote because i was actually over here oh Mm. and i didn't do a postal vote um but all i would say to to brexiteers and i just got a lot of people gonna say mate I've tuned into this to listen to two people talk about the archers, right? But just as a sign-off, what I will say to those people that voted for Brexit in good faith, talking about uh, the UK and political sovereignty, economic sovereignty, just let the last seven days of President Trump be um, a warning to you that putting up physical, metaphorical walls, trying to dislocate yourself economically from reality, potentially this is where the country of my birth could actually end up. Just saying, just saying. And on that note, people can say, go screw yourself, Royfield. Right, you know what? (laughs) No. (laughs) This is just too important not to at least pass comment on. As I said... Um, just look at the last few days. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. ...of the mess of what's happened in, in the US and uh, Britain, we're bigger and better than that. Just saying, OK, goodbye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> 